Rolando, Ahmad, Steven, Kenneth, Amadou, Jonathan, Christian, Terrace, Sean, killed him the day before his wedding, Jamal killed him while he was in handcuffs, Mike killed him while he had his hands up, Kamani, Ramali, Philip, Alton, about three Kevins, about two Jordans, John, Laquan, Bethon, Stephon, Tony, Tamir, Elijah, Antoine, Isel, Terrell, Dontre, Akai, George, for him, set the country on fire, Timothy, Patrick, Paul, Tyree, Quintonio, Darius, Jeremy, William, Anthony, Dante, Oscar, Kendrick, Keith, David, Walter, woman like Sandra, Betty, Rihanna, India, Michelle, Atatiana, Tanisha, Rika, Natasha, Palmer, Janet, Megan, baby Ayana, all that we lost, your name live on, wasn't killed by a cop, but I can't forget Trayvon, can't forget Emmett, and all of those we lost to the beast, no justice, no peace, no peace, no peace. by Untamed Publishing, Anchor FM, Women of Vision, KD, MB, Tyler Landscaping, and Author Exodus Morning. Thank you to all of our sponsors and supporters. Hi, you guys. Get Caught Up is on the move. Welcome to the new GCU. Follow us on Twitter at GCU underscore podcast. That's GCU underscore podcast. And make sure you follow our new web address at anchor.fm forward slash get caught up. You are now tuned into Socially Conscious Corner because silence is no longer an option. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Socially Conscious Corner. I am your host, Kay Roche, and joining me are three lovely co-hosts. One is Untamed, who is an author and owner of Untamed Publishing and the Get Caught Up podcast. We also have Diane, who is the founder and owner of the award-winning book review and blogging company, Diamonds Literary World. We also have Lakeisha, who is the owner of Butterfly Spirit Boutique and the founder of the Two Clicks for Justice campaign to help support women of African descent who face injustices and inequalities. I am going to be your host for today, Kay Roche. I am a self-published author, poet, and playwright. Good evening, ladies. Good evening. Good evening. How are you all doing today? I am doing well. Good. Awesome. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Now, we are the ladies of the Socially Conscious Corner. um, And today we want to continue to uh, tackle the extraordinary burdens that black women face. In today's discussion, we will hit on two points. Um, We want to talk about um, the countless missing and exploited black women in America and the lack of media coverage to safely protect, locate, and return our women and girls. And then the second half, we're going to dive into women who still have not received justice, particularly black women. So to get us started, I wanted to um, start by start with this. 
2019, over 64,000 black women were reported missing. Um, and recently, there were there was a case where there were two Milwaukee teen girls who were missing, and we, we saw what, where the neighborhood got involved and actually helped find those girls because they just couldn't get the type of attention from the police department that they needed to, to find them. So I'll start with you, Untamed. With you, Untamed. How do you feel as a black woman in America in regards to the lack of media coverage when, when one of us goes missing? Well, for me, as a black woman in America, um, I will say that I feel like it's embedded in America not to give us that type of attention because as a black woman in America, you're already undervalued, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Your life is undervalued. You know, there's always been a stigma between men and women anyway that women are of less value. And when you're a black woman, that number goes down significantly in comparison to our white counterparts. And in regards to children, black children, black teens, especially black teens, um, teenage girls, they're just not afforded the childhood innocence that other, you know, other races are. Um, you know, it's, it is appalling to me because it is automatically assumed or seek the negativity when one of them goes missing. It's assumed that they were a runaway or they were a problem child, which somehow in their mind justifies um, them missing and not being, you know, afforded the media coverage or the concern from law enforcement to search for them. And I think that that is one of the major problems is that we are just not given the benefit of the doubt and we shouldn't because human life in and of itself is invaluable and so because we have we are oftentimes undervalued and you know not appreciated and just not you know having the our existence be of importance to other people then anything that comes behind it like I said, we're just not, we're not, our children are not afforded childhood innocence. They're not looked upon as children. They're looked upon as targets or suspects or, you know, deviants to society. And so I think that plays a major role and a major part in why there is such a lack of concern for when a black woman or black girl, but teenager goes missing. Yeah, that that is a really, really good point. And um, just to piggyback off of what you said, um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a bad feeling to to be in this place where it's supposed to be liberty and justice for all, and feel like you can't get that. You know, just just because of the color of your skin and you're a functioning member of society, you pay taxes, you live right, you do what you're supposed to do. Um, what what are your thoughts, Ms. Diane? Well, I think that um, historically we have been 
devalued and only looked at for certain roles, okay? Um, And now that we have started to educate ourselves, um, they are... A black woman, believe it or not, is more of a threat to society than a black man, okay? Because, like we talked about in the previous uh, podcast, black men have so many things that are fighting against them, okay? But for black women, we, we're, going, we're go-getters and we're resilient and so we don't get allow ourselves to get caught up, not all of us, because some of us do fall victim to a lot of the things that happen in, you know, a lot of the, the things that they have, distractions, if you will, that they put in place. So because we can stay focused, I think that they think that we're a threat. So something must be done about these women who are threats to society, to our society as we know it. And, and so that's why if something happens to one of us, these mysterious accidents, these, um, you know, uh, uh, this child has gone missing, that's one less threat to society. And I strongly believe that's why there's such low emphasis placed on, on, on our going missing. Wow, that's a really, really good point. Um, I know recently I, I remember hearing something where we were one of the we were one of the most educated groups. Um, we were we were the ones going out getting degrees. We were you know really really taking the, the job market by storm, being business owners. So it, it's really really interesting that you that you said that because that is exactly what I have seen and I've heard in in the last few years um, in regards to black women. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Lakeisha? Sorry, I was on mute. Okay. You said, you ladies have said a lot. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, really, I just kind of want to camel back on a few things that has already been said. Um, when Arthur and Tane, when you were speaking about how the our, we can't really um, be children. We're not looked at, upon as children. You know, we are unappreciated, underappreciated, under-celebrated, you know, while we're alive, while living. Um, but not only is it because, do I feel like it's because we are unappreciated, undervalued, also what Miss Diane was saying that, you know, in my, it is my opinion, <laughs> I'll say that I won't want to speak for everyone, but I, I agree with Miss Diane, you know, to me, we are the real threat because, and I can't quote, I can't, you know, um, recite the quote verbatim right now because my mind is, is spinning, but, you know, if you educate a man, then you've educated one person. Mm-hmm. But if you educate mm-hmm. a woman, you have educated an entire nation. Because mm-hmm. the woman, again, that goes, wow. you know, we've discussed before, mm-hmm. the woman yes. is the one who educates the children. Yes. She passes Absolutely. that on. And Absolutely. not only 
are we the real threat too? Because, you know, we could get into the whole science of melanin and while you're carrying a child, the child soaks in your melanin for nine months, you know, and how there are some children that didn't. And back in the days, you know, we had to pass that, those nutrients that, (laughs) those nutrients Mm -hmm. on to other children. You know, we couldn't breastfeed Mm -hmm. our own children, which is a completely another story why I feel like a lot of us nowadays don't even, aren't really thrilled about hearing the word breastfeeding you know like it my my grandmother I wanted to um nurse my first son he's 21 now and I wanted to nurse him and I tried and I couldn't give him the latch on properly you know and she just was completely against it and I just kind of gave up but I knew with my other three (laughs) I had three more chances to, to get it right that I that I would go through with it but I feel like it's a lot of trauma and I know we'll talk about that at a later time too but I feel like um we don't get the coverage I remember when Michael Brown was killed five days after he was killed there was a 50 year old woman who was also killed um Michelle Cuso I want to say that's how you pronounce her last her last name um she was killed within seconds of the police encountering her and she was having a mental it was a mental health call like it wasn't like she was harming someone else it was actually an actual mental health call and they killed her within seconds of getting to the scene but I don't even remember hearing about her I don't even remember the story until I research I was doing the research for the um two clicks for justice campaign and that's when I came across all these names and it's just like you know why this is not by mistake that we're not hearing about all of these women who look like me you know that are dying at the hands of of um not just just the police and not just domestic violence it's just um Sorry, my my brain is in so many places right now. It's so much I want to discuss. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely I agree with the three of you. I think you just all kind of already spoke on what it is that I want to say. It's, it's some other things. I'm trying to wait for part two. I don't want to jump too far ahead. But yeah, I I, I feel like um, it's I don't feel like it's by mistake. I feel like it's I don't want to say by design, but I do feel like it's it's on purpose, so to speak. You know, um, it's like, okay, well, that's one less, that's one less um, generation, so to speak, that will not be educated. You know, that's, that's one, that's another one, you know, oh, we got another one. That's, you know, it's just, okay, we're, the numbers are going down. The numbers are going right. down, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 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 and Karen was saying, oh, go ahead. Okay, because I just wanted to add on to something um, that you said that struck me, and I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to see that this weekend. Um, it was a press conference because three people were arrested for defacing monuments, and um, a black transgender um, named Raven Wings, he spoke, and you, you mentioned about life and liberty, and the thing that he said that just sticks out to me in this conversation and previous podcasts is that um, the quote was, 
we have this thing, this saying in America called life, liberty, and justice. Black people, black people are still on the life. We haven't gotten anything else. Mm-hmm. And that was so powerful to me because that just speaks to this topic specifically. We're still on getting them to value life, our lives, you know, as black people and especially as black women. So when you lack appreciation of value and, you know, humanizing of a black girl, a black teenager, a black woman, when we come up missing, you know, for whatever the reason, you you can see where that compassion falls down because the compassion was never given to begin with. You know, I can't make mm-hmm. you feel or love or have a love or concern for someone you never developed that for, for to begin with. You know, and as much as it is spoken, I'll say it that way, that all lives matter. Even the ones who say that know that all lives don't matter. Because if all lives did matter, it, I wouldn't have to convince you that a life matters. That, you know, a black life, a black girl missing should be a major concern. Just as major as anyone else. You know, so when, he, when that was spoken, it just, it was so astounding, you know, to just say, you know, black people are still stuck on life. We hadn't even got to liberty or justice and the pursuit of happiness. We're still stuck on trying to get people to understand that our lives are just as equally as important as any other race within this United States of American society. So I just wanted to speak on that part because when you brought brought that up, it just it brought me back to that moment. And I just, you know, it was like a something you know. It's a wow moment. Like, you know, when we hear others speak about their patriot, you know, their patriotism and how we are so should be so grateful to live in the United States of America because we have such freedoms now. And it's like, okay, um, no. You this is what you have. This is your experience. I, mm-hmm. you know, it reflects back to we can't even get them to appreciate the experience that we go through, like you said, just to live, just to live. You know, it's it's so far. Racism is so steep into the society that it just feels normal. You know, social injustice it just feels normal for them. Like if anything else is out of the ordinary, and it's, it's, it's created blinders for them to see that this is what, you know, when we say this is racist or this is social injustice, you know, they have such blinders because it's steeped in how this country was built and rooted. So I just wanted to make that point about the, the life, liberty, and justice because that just resonated with me so, so much. It was su- such a profound statement. That is a really, really powerful statement. And also, um, I wanted to um, I wanted to mention this. I, I had this conversation um, a few weeks ago with a group of my friends. I'm going to say a name, and I want you all to relate that to the media coverage. Natalie Holloway. 
Do you all remember the media coverage that mm-hmm. was? And I, you know, I I don't have anything against the media coverage because, of course, you know, I'm a parent. If my child was lost, I mean, it, I admit it was a very very sensationalized story. But at the same time, can any of you recall there ever being? that type of news coverage for a missing black teenage girl. No. Right. Right. No. Absolutely not. And being honest with you, if it had not been for the movement that started, I believe it's 2017, Bring Back Our Girls, um, Mm -hmm. I doubt that news coverage would have really started. And then it took a couple of years before even before after the campaign and the movement kickstarted, it took a couple of years before they even really started pursuing news coverage. Taking it serious. It, mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. taking it serious. Yep. It's only within the last year that when mm-hmm. like, um, the little baby cupcake went missing in Alabama, you know, and these, mm-hmm. these abductions of these small children started getting the type of coverage that we get to see. It's because, and in part because of that movement, otherwise we wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And I can remember, you know, when when they had this news coverage, I can remember, you know, just people saying, oh, my God, they just will not let up. You know, they just won't let up talking about this case. And it's like, you know, it was enough attention. It was enough attention put on that particular case to where, you know, this guy was eventually arrested for something else, but it put the spotlight on, you know, the whole thing, but it left us out. And we have had so many different cases where if we had had the coverage, if we had had, you know, at least the local news picking it up and staying with it and sticking with it, you know, I really feel like a lot of women and kids would have been found. But like you said, it's the media is very, very dismissive, um, untamely, very, very dismissive of us as people, as, you know, people that actually matter in society. It's just real dismissive. And and I, I, I have to admit, I have a problem with that. I, I really do. Um, because you, you do feel, you do feel like, you know, you don't matter. But then, like you said, there are people that say, oh, well, all lives matter. Everybody matters. Everything is important. But our experience is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, you know, um, Kersha, I also wanted to touch on um, the exploited part of this topic. Um. I was reading an article where Bill Gates' wife, and I can't think of her name right now. I don't want to say it incorrectly. Um, But there's this vaccine that they're testing out for uh, coronavirus. And we already know that they're already experimenting with um, in different countries in Africa. But she actually said that she feels like the first people who should get the vaccine should be black women in either she either said in healthcare or um, black women essential workers it was one of them I want to I think she said in the healthcare field um and she went on to try and you know make it sound like it was positive you know because they're the ones who are out there on the front line and 
No, I, I just, I, I wasn't buying any of it. Did you ladies read that article or hear anything about that? I think they had something um, on CNN um, briefly about it. And yeah, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw yeah, something I, about that. Yeah, and I, I, I I'm going to say, uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to say this. Um, I think that that can be taken twofold. Um, number one, deep down they know that many of us do not have the proper health care that we should. See, and they mess with the black market a lot more than, than they want people to realize. Um, and so, and so, you know, they'll fly to other countries to get medical aid or, or they'll just buy it here, you know, um, in places that we, we, you know, money talks. Okay. So for Mm -hmm. them to say, try it on black essential workers first. Okay. Because what is it that you know that you can go to another country and possibly get the antidote to whatever they're putting in us? Or is it because you know that you can go and get the actual cure and we can't afford it? Like, so it can be taken two ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel right. like deep down, they do know why they're saying what they're saying. Because nobody oh, in their right mind would be so idiotic and to just come out and, and say something so demeaning like what do you mean so so you're trying to have another Tuskegee Airmen um, all over again that's what you're trying to have there you yeah. go there you right. go but she was trying to put a positive spin that's what I, that's what I was saying the word to me didn't it, everything was negative about it in, in, in my opinion but she tried to put a positive spin on it to make it sound mm-hmm. like you know they're the ones who are on the front line and they need, like right. you were saying, you know, right. like they need this vaccine first and, you mm-hmm. know, they're putting mm-hmm. their lives at jeopardy for us. But we mm-hmm. really know that we're the ones they experiment on. Right. right. You know? And and I, I want to, I want to ask Diane, because we had this conversation once before, but um, you were really essentially telling me about it and I was blown away. It's been a while ago about um the black the black lady um where they were experimenting with her about cancer but i want you to explain it because i I don't want to mess up the details but it just was this whole that whole comment reminded me of that conversation that we had um in regards to that and how her family is trying to fight against this but okay so yeah um if you ladies aren't familiar or if anyone listening is not familiar who she was referring to is Henrietta Lacks. Lacks. Um, And Henrietta Lacks was a, she was a black woman. um, Mm -hmm. And I I, I want to say um, she had cancer um, is what I want to say. And unbeknownst to her family, the the medical uh, staff, they decided to not only take some of her cells, but to freeze them and use them for further research, again, without her or her family's permission. 
And so currently to this day, they're still using cells from Henrietta Lex. And so um, the name of the book is, there's a book, there was also a movie. And, but this is what they do um, to us because we, I'm, I'm looking it up now. This is what they think of us. And while you're looking it up, um, it, Oprah, wasn't it Oprah who played um, the role as Henrietta in the movie? Um, I, I haven't seen the movie, and I'm going to tell you why, because I didn't finish okay. reading the book. When I heard about it, I bought okay. the book, and, and for mm-hmm. me, I don't look at the movie until I'm done. Right. I, I prefer mm-hmm. to read the book first, too. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen, I've, I saw the trailer for a while the back. Immortal, will... The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just it reminded me so much and I'll tell you because I wanna look it up. But yes, it was Oprah. Um I, I Googled it right quick. <laughs> and um it is just, you know, we've always been, you know, there's experiments with guinea pigs, you know, even going back to the what they call the father of gyne- <laughs> gynecology, um, doing his basically mutilating you know black women's um Mm -hmm. reproductive Mm -hmm. organs in the name of research and Mm -hmm. he had a whole monumental shrine dedicated to him because of his mutilation and murdering and experimentation on the black woman's womb um and and he is literally known as the father of gynecology for modern medicine Mm -hmm. um and that's it so you that's the guy. That's um, the doctor. I think. Is he, did you mention Ala? He's out of. It was in Alabama. Because um, I know I heard a story about this, and he did not give the women. He didn't give the black women any kind of um, painkiller. That's right. that the guy. You, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we have always been in a, a place you know, of being undervalued, underappreciated, but because they know, and like we say, let's just be real with it, they know, you know, the importance of of us, you know, the way that our bodies heal naturally, you know, the way that, you know, our bodies reproduce, the way, you know, the melanin in our skin, you know, they know without a shadow of a doubt you know how important it is and vital to society and so we're undervalued as far as any regard to our life but our life is valued because this is what they use to further life and to further you know prevent and stop disease and illness um and it's just you know it goes back to the missing and exploited black girls, black teens, black women, um, knowing that and knowing that that was a part of, you know, history and continuing today, you can understand with so many more, you know, things coming out, especially now with coronavirus, however in the world that got started. You know, we know that we are open and susceptible for any type of testing and they will try to find a way to do that with us, you know, and then vaccinations, you know, and and it is just it is 
so disheartening because you, we want our lives. We, you know, we know that we matter and we want our lives to matter, but it doesn't matter until it's beneficial for some type of research. And then we're just herded in and discarded, you know, for those purposes only. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. Did anybody... And what about these wound trans... Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin Shea. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Did anybody else want to add any, anything? Uh, just just very quickly, and, and I'll be done. Um, I just made a note here about... Um, I was reading an article saying that was speaking about a wound transplant. So, who's donating their wound? Like, you know... <laughs> all of these missing women all, all of these missing women you know I just feel like it's, it's I feel like yeah. um, I mean the wounds gotta come from somewhere and it's not I don't feel like it's just coming from the ones who just just so quote unquote happen to die you know what I'm saying like I don't even know how that works. Like, you have to keep it on ice for a certain amount of time. Like, I, I don't know how that works. But, you know, that just kind of troubled me when I read it because my first question was, well, where are they going to get the wounds from? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was it, it was something else that I read, and I can't remember what it was I, it, that they were experimenting on, and it had been approved, and... The article literally said that they had people who were donating, you know, their blood and these organs for reason. I'm like, who is donating an organ mm-hmm. in blood for a reason? Like, they wouldn't say who, but it was the the key part about that that really struck a chord with me was that they were very specific in certain details. And one detail they said was it was people under the age of 30. And when I think about 64 to 75,000 missing, currently missing, black mm-hmm. girls, females, uh, teenagers, and women. And then I think about under 30 years old, voluntarily right. donating their organs and blood to this research. Right. It starts mm-hmm. to click in your mind what is really going on, you know. And... <laughs> It is another one of those things, like you said, Lakeisha and and Diane. It is intentional, you know. It is not a, you know, it's not something. Oh, we're just saying and just make it sound good, and this is what we want to do for the benefit, you know, of other people or this certain segment. No, it is very intentional, and it is so. It becomes so blatant nowadays that it is literally written in our face, and. It's just given in a way where if you're not looking for it or if you don't read up on this information, you won't see it. You know, if you don't take a a a willingness to go out and look and find out what's going on, then you won't see it. You will just think, oh, it's another, you know, as they tag most black females, runaways. Or they ran away from, you know, runaways as teens, but... For black women, it was a, a an abusive situation, and it, it and, and it probably was not. It's just that's what the tag is given, so there won't be any type of upheaval or concern or 
protest or alarm that's given. So, um, and that was, that is something that was in an article I read too, is that most black teenagers, like female teenagers who go missing, they're automatically given a runaway tag because runaways Mm -hmm. can't get Amber alerts. And runaways are considered deviants of society. Like they, they assume that someone who is running away is either running away from a bad home life situation that they were like, well, they don't need to be found to go back to that situation anyway. Or second, they're just running away because they're fast and, you know, they're wild and they're uh, doing crime and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So those are the type of stigmas that go go along with the runaway. And that prevents any type of coverage because they deem it as not worthy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just, it's so much that um, is behind the scenes that we as a people really have to pay attention to and get beyond the surface of what is being shown and told to us. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's, the perfect example of what you mentioned as far as um, um, young black women or young teenage girls, especially when they come up missing and the family tries to, you know, make a report and they are seen as problem children or, you know, running off to be with a man or whatever. Perfect example of that, if you guys watch it, is The Shy. We're watching that right now play across the screen. And I applaud Leela Waithe for even addressing that, okay? Um, when... Uh, the character Keisha came up missing and the police were called like oh well you know does she have a boyfriend like were you you know was she a problem child was she like you know giving problems at home like what does that have to do with the price of tea in China my daughter is missing do something you know so yeah that 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 and it's happening more and more every day but if we were to even go into the numerous, numerous reasons why our young black girls are coming up missing. Like, (laughs) but I'm going to say two things. One of them I talked about earlier, which is the black market. Um, um, You have sex trafficking, which is huge. Again, black market. You know, um, I think those are two I'm just going to leave it at right there, you know, so that leaves a bad taste um, in some people's mouths when, or I'm going to say it like this, it's another reason for them to cover up what they're actually behind. And I'm just going to leave it right there. Exactly. And to add on to what you said, I just want to put this cautionary um, warning out there um, for parents of children and and black women yourselves. Be very cognizant, you know, of your surroundings and the people you deal with, because more and more and it's not shown because it's not advertised. A lot of this I read because I read news articles. There are teachers principals, pastors, coaches, um, pediatricians, pediatricians, 
thank you, who mm-hmm. are involved in sex trafficking rings. And mm-hmm. they absolutely are making hundreds of thousands of dollars off of mm-hmm. making sure black girls who are seen as exotic in other people's eyes get missing. Mm-hmm. So I just want to mm-hmm. put that cautionary warning out there and I'm going to leave that there. Yes, and another thing I wanted to add as well is, um, you know, we we need to arm ourselves. There, there is, I think, a stigma that we shouldn't own guns. And I, I'm a gun owner, and I mm-hmm. made it a point. To, you better uh, say I mean, it. I, yeah, I grew up in the country, and, uh, you know, I had a rifle, and I went hunting with my grandfather, and, you know, and I'm not, you know, but, but when I got... When I started living by myself, I never owned a gun. I had, um, you know, I had a little switchblade in my purse. I had mace. But, you know, I was like, wait a minute, why don't I have a gun? You know, so I, you know, got registered. I got my gun. I learned how to use it. And that is one thing that I try to emphasize with, with the ladies of my book club. It's like, you know, we, we take trips a lot. And, um, you know, I'm like, okay, bring, bring your gun. Like, we need to protect ourselves. There's nothing wrong with you, you know, having a we- a weapon on you to protect yourself because at this rate, you just never know. And like you said, Untame, you have to be cognizant of your surroundings. You have to know, you know, who what's around you, even when you're, like, you know, loading your groceries up in, in your car. So, you know, that's another thing that I really, really try to emphasize. It's like, you have to be you know, able to protect yourself if you're by yourself. You you have to have some kind of weapon. And, you know, when I when I go to the gun range, I don't see us. I don't see us in there. I see, you know, I see a lot of white women in there. I see white men, of course. They're the main ones. And I see, you know, white kids. But I don't see a lot of us um, black women in there. And I, you know, I, you know, they're all about first, you know, the, the Second Amendment right, you know, to right to bear arms. But we know that that's not really for us, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not really for us. It's there, but it's one of them things that, of course, it's not going to be a problem until we all start strapping up. Till we start strapping up, and you know, but yeah, I, I really want to um, emphasize that point. Like we, we need to, we need to be registered gun owners we need to know how to operate these our guns and uh, be able to protect ourselves exactly and i agree with that i agree with that i I feel i personally feel like if black people just start joining the nra licensed gun owners start joining the black gun owners start joining the nra you will see some swift changes in um (laughs) political policies as well oh yes then your ground will be no more that's right, and you know it. It, it didn't. They didn't have a problem until Black Panther started with you know get practicing that. That's when they had. That's the only time I can remember them yep. saying something. Yep. About yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um. And then infiltrated, completely destroyed it. Yep. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And you know, and that should tell that that tells it all. That tells it all because it's like you know. I have a classmate that he, he formed the Black Panther Party in my hometown. And, you know, they emphasize, you know, making sure your kids 
um, know how to use weapons, make sure that the women know how to use weapons, and um, really focus on the black family and making sure that we know how to protect ourselves. And, uh, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where, you know, we, I don't know why it is, but we just don't feel comfortable with a gun. We don't feel comfortable, but I'll tell you, they feel comfortable with a gun. And they have them, and they have a lot of them, and they know how to use them. And, you know, so we, we really, really have to, we really, really have to start thinking about our safety in this country. Especially with the tensions that they are now, I feel like they're extremely heightened. And, you know, with, with things going the way that they're going, like, we have to. We absolutely have to protect ourselves. So, um... Ladies, I think this is a good time for us to take a short break. And when we come back, we will uh, continue our discussion and we will move um, on to our second half, which will be women who still have not received justice. Hey guys, it's your girl, Untamed. And I wanted to know, have you read a book by Untamed? No? Well, what are you waiting for? Dive into Untamed territory and grab one of my hot reads today. Might I suggest The View or Never Again No More? You can get both titles on Amazon and pre-order their part twos as well, which are available now and will release in August. I can't wait for you to get caught up. My name is Diane Rembert, avid reader, award-winning literary blogger, and the founder of Diamond's Literary World, which can be found on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, and www.diamondsliteraryworld.com. Are you ready to make a difference? Join Two Clicks for Justice campaign as we seek to bring forth awareness and change for women of African descent who continue to face injustices and inequalities in today's society. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Clicks for Justice. Silence is no longer an option. This is author, poet, playwright, and founder of Me Time Book Club, Kay Roche. Check out my latest novel, All Things Work Out Well, wherever books are sold. You can also follow me on Instagram at k.roche. Book reviews matter. Now back to the show. Okay, we are back to the Socially Conscious Corner. Um, the first half, we talked about missing and exploited black women. Um, but on the second half, we are going to talk about women who still have not received justice. Uh, Sandra Bland, Corin Gaines, Atiana Jefferson, Chantal Davis, Pamela Turner, uh, just to name a few. And mo- more recently, we have Breonna Taylor. Um, no Not Warrant, Killed While Sleeping by Police. It, that happened March 13, 2020. It's been 
135 days. Nobody has been arrested. The two of the police officers are still employed. I think one was fired. Uh, Untamed, what are your thoughts about women who still have not received justice in America that look like us? It is still just a continuation of being devalued, um, dehumanized. You know, it, it's not of any importance who, you know, killed Breonna Taylor or or Sandra Bland or, or you know, what happened. And, and I, we know who killed Atiana. Well, we know who killed uh, Breonna Taylor, too. And let me back up. Let me back up. Because... I made a post the other day. I, I shared something that was very important to me because I, I feel like, you know, we oftentimes say, you know, the cops or the people who killed, you know, this person. So, you know, the cops, Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, and Miles Cosgrove, who are currently still employed, you know, who killed Breonna Taylor, have not been brought to just, justice or, you know, charged because there is a devaluing of our life. It, it's, it's just another life on. It's just, you know, a castaway. You know, it's, we, are, we are less than anyway, so good riddance to whatever have you with this unknown, underappreciated black woman. Um, and I want to say this, too. There's even with our men, black women as a whole, we stand up for everybody. We stand up all the time for everyone. And we don't, we rarely get that in reciprocation. You know what I mean? Like we can stand mm-hmm. up for all other causes, but when the when we're the cause, when we're the person socially, you know, and just we're, when we're the person that's slain, um, there's not a bunch of, you know, protests and march and upheaval. The most we've probably seen in, in recent times, in my opinion, is with Breonna Taylor. Um, to still, 135 days later, have had no type of recourse. You know, nothing. The people who went and protested were arrested and charged and held, and not even the police officers. Mm-hmm. But it's okay for armed white people to storm the state house to threaten a state, a black woman state official, because she's following protocol to shut down her state, or mm-hmm. in regards to wearing a face mask. And they not get touched, harmed, jailed, you know, in that regard. But when someone is literally peacefully protesting, sitting on a lawn to protest, just charge the police officers. Who we all know killed at the very minimal. We know that they filed a false report. The call in from the boyfriend to the 911 proved there was false reporting. That is proof. You don't even need to go any further than that to charge them. Get your foot in the door with the charge. There is no investigation 
on something that can be proven, is proven, is out there, is public knowledge, that takes 135 days to get a charge. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, because what is so astounding to me, especially when police are involved, is that if you see a person committing crime and it's caught on camera and it's caught on body cam, charges are filed immediately. It was it, the, the stance is always it was caught right on camera. We caught it on the body cam. But when the criminal act is done by a police officer and it's caught on camera and it's caught on body cam, oh, we have to launch an investigation and we have to look into all the details. We have to consider the facts. You know, that is the, the conversation that happens. And I'm like, okay, no. Um, the same way it was good enough for you to charge someone who was committing a criminal act by looking at camera surveillance and body cam footage is the same way it's good enough for the police officers because let's be clear, they are not above the law. They're supposed to enforce it. They're not supposed to be above it. And right. that is one of the biggest issues that we have with black people in general and the way that we're treated by law enforcement is that they feel as though they are above the law. And so this is why we can be, you know, this is why you have 135 days of no charge. Mm-hmm. So that that is my take on that. And whew, I just, it is so, it, it's so disheartening. It is so disheartening. It is so frustrating. And it just makes you so livid because the disparities, are just so in your face at this point and it's like you wonder you know and then it's like you wonder why people are in a in a uproar about things that are going on like how many times can you slap us in the face and kick us down and knock us down and don't expect some type of uproar or civil unrest to happen yes and it could be it could be us it could be either, any one of us. It could be our sister. It could be our mama. It could be our best Your friend. Niece. It, it could be yep. us. Yep. Yep. And you know that's. I think that's what resonates so so much is be, is because we are Breonna Taylor. You know exactly. We are these women. We are these women. There is no um, criminal case that you can find on Breonna Taylor. There. I mean. Sandra Bland got pulled over for what? Speeding? I mean, these are things that are happening to us day to day while we're just trying to, you know, live. You can't harm anybody being sweet. That's the most basic state you can be in to not harm anybody. And yet, and still, Mm -hmm. we cannot do that. And, um, you know, that, that really changes your perspective on how you view law enforcement. You know, that's the reason why there's a disconnect with us and them is because we know that it's always going to be their word against ours. And they're, they'll most of the time always prevail and not get charged. And, and I think that's the, the, the main issue is that there is no consequence. People think differently when there is consequence. 
if if a police officer knew that he did something, if he did something wrong, he would get not only fired, but he has the possibility of going to jail. He's going to rethink that. You know what I'm saying? But when it happens over and over again and nothing happens but slap on the wrist, and then when they do announce that no, no, nothing is going to happen, it's pushed under the rug by the media. That that's that's where the problem is. There's no consequence, and I don't know any job or any profession that you can be in that you know there's no consequence if you do something wrong. You know, if, if I'm a banker and I embezzle money, I can go to jail. You know, if I if I do something wrong in whatever job, you, you're gonna get there's consequences, but not for police officers when it's black lives. What's your take on this, Diane? I, I, I'm listening and I'm following it and I'm agreeing with everything you guys are saying. Um, I think that I think it all goes back to what I said previously about black women being a threat to society and so therefore why I'm, I've seen this disgusting things where they have dragged pregnant black women out of their cars. I've seen drag them out of their homes. You know, I've seen us bleeding and I'm saying, do you understand that that is a woman? I think that mm-hmm. I think that it, 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 if it doesn't outrage you, then I think that there is something morally wrong with you. Um, and I think that until we have a lot of steps that we have to take, there are a lot of issues that need to be addressed. And I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, I think that we will be on the bottom of the totem pole. Um, and I think that this is just my opinion. If and I think someone said this, so forgive me if I'm wrong. Would we be would we be marching in the street for Breonna Taylor? Would there be so many protests? Would there be? I don't think so. And that's sad. And it, it and and it should anger anyone. And before it goes left, I'm just gonna be quiet. <laughs> like I just I just can't. I can't. Mm-mm. Mhm. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's a frustration that you just can't even sometimes you you can't even express it words. You can't find the words. Um exactly. You just can't it, it's a feeling that um, people just that don't look like us will never have to feel. Never. I don't think I don't think um my experience being pulled over by a police officer is the same as a white woman. I just don't. I just do not think. That even if you pull out your boobs, like we know that they do. Even even, even if you, you, you toss your hair to and fro, you know, like they do. Okay. Even if you read off the badge name and number like they do and say, you know, my father or my uncle is, you know, Mr. So-and-so. It's not going to be the same. That's absolutely right. So what are your thoughts, Letitia? 
<laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so, to camelback off everything that everyone has said, um, I don't just want to focus on the injustices um, of our women who were slain at the hands of the police or law enforcement, but, <clears throat> excuse me, just an injustice, period. Like, for example, um, with Kanika Jenkins, I spent so many months going down that rabbit hole of that baby's injustice. And, you know, the fact that they labeled this this teenager as a, she was drunk, you know, and she walked, she found these stairs that only workers know about, you know, these back stairs and went up this way and had to turn this way and go through all this part that was under construction just to get to that freezer, you know, because she was drunk. And um, I lost so many hours of sleep, <laughs> so many hours of sleep going down that rabbit hole. Um, but for for that one, to me, that was an injustice um, because in my heart of hearts, I know that baby didn't walk into that freezer by herself, you know. Um, so that's just, just one example. But I feel like, you know, what Arthur and Tane was saying, that we don't, it, of course, it goes back to while we're alive, we're not appreciated, you know, we're not celebrated, <clears throat> excuse me, but not only by other people you know things that they feel like oh well you know you don't appreciate yourself you know like why are we going to make such a big deal about you when you don't make a big deal about yourself um we're not science projects we're not science experiments we're not unemotional we don't feel pain you know so I want to pause for a second and I want to take a quick second to give us our flowers now because we are creators. We're beautiful. We're fierce. We're phenomenal. You know, we're we're mm-hmm. all of those things. Um, but to mention the Sandra Bland, um, and I think Kara Shea, you have mentioned her. You know, not only I, I'm not sure if, excuse me, if the charge was speeding, but I remember something that wasn't really spoken on because I've watched the the documentary that her mother and her sister um, had on. It I think it was failure to steal. For her and I'm sorry, I think it was failure to signal. I think that's what it was. Right, that's what I was about to say. And you know, failure to signal. If you listen to what she was saying when she now she was hot. She was she was 38 hot and she had an attitude. You know, for me, I think I may have taken a different approach only because I'm aware of what's going on. And how easily things can escalate and how they may be looking for, give give me an excuse. You know, one of those types. So I may not have taken that same approach, but she was frustrated. But one of the things that she said was, you're pulling me over for a failure to signal when the reason that she was getting over was because he was speeding up behind her. She was getting out of his way. He was coming up behind her fast and she was trying to hurry up and get out of his way. And he was coming to her. So my question is, you know, I, I don't want to get into this whole conspiracy thing, but sometimes I feel like certain people are targeted. Um, if it seems like you are 
someone who may be trying to make a difference, who may be trying to bring forth awareness. Um, we know how so many activists have so-called, quote-unquote, died um, after the um, Michael Brown situation. You had activists in Ferguson um, who suddenly passed away one way or another, a car accident and this, that, and the other. Um, so sometimes I feel like it's, it's more to it even with that. But um, I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like um, we need to continue to fight and to take matters into our own hands. Um, injustices, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm a believer of peace, peace at all costs. You know, I'm a very firm believer of um, peace at peace at all costs. But I just don't see. I'm tempted. I keep pausing because I'm tempted to share share this story, but I'm not really sure yet. Um, but I understand, and I do believe one of you ladies has said it too about how they don't feel speaking as far as like with law enforcement they don't feel any type of not even just law enforcement let me just say that sometimes I it seems like a, a particular group of people feel as though they are above the law and they don't have any type of consequences um but this instance in particular is about the, the law um even with I was almost a police officer <laughs> and um <laughs> I can I can tell you a whole different lot of things like oh you know I couldn't work out the schedule and you know I have smaller children and I was worried about getting them to school like I could have made that work with their dad I I, I could have done that um but there was a part that wasn't sitting right with me and this is something I wanted to do for a long time a really really long time and after I was done with my almost decade in the corporate field, I was like, well, why not? You know, I, let me go for it. And it was a really, really extensive background check. You know, like I trained for this PT <laughs> at, at 41. Well, I was 40 at the time. I was about to turn 41. Like in two weeks, I was about to turn 41. And um, I trained for that PT. You know, you had to do, you had to run a, a mile in, the, in 10 minutes and 30 seconds. You know, you had to do a certain amount of crunches and sit up, push-ups and sit-ups. Um, you had to pass, you know, drug tests and all of this. This a lot of stuff. Several interview, in, interviews, polygraphs, um, physicals, drug tests, all of that stuff. Cleared everything. I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> feel myself <laughs> for a minute, you know. This old lady got it, you know. But, um... <laughs> My, my, um, my, re- my recruiting officer, um, I had noticed, and, you know, I do look younger for my age. I, I get that, I, and I get it all the time. So when he made that comment, in my mind, I was just like, okay, here we go. You know, because I've, I've heard it before, but it was just something that he mentioned during my interview with him um, after... Um, I had taken my PT test and, you know, he had mentioned called himself like an old man or whatever. He said he was 47. He called himself an old man. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you're not an old man. And then he tried to tell me to call him by his first name. And I was like, no, you're a sergeant such and such. 
So to me, that was a red flag. You know, I'm not addressing you by your first name. Like this is one, you know, you're in this, in this um, instance, you are my superior and Mm -hmm. I'm a professional, you know, but um, anyway, so I leave and I'm driving, I'm on my way to Michael's and um, I get this text (laughs) and it says, I'm trying to get my foot in the door too. No, it says, how would you feel about dating an old white man? I'm trying to get my foot in the door too. Oh, wow. Wow. And I was so disgusted. I was so disappointed. Like, dang, why why you got to live up to the stereotype? You know, like this really happens. Like, really? I haven't even started yet, but you're, so you're trying to get your foot in the door, you know, and it just, it just left a really, really bad taste in my mouth. But not only that, it's how cocky are you? You don't, I mean, mm. talk about good old boy syndrome. You mm. text me from the same cell number that's on your business card. Mm. Because you're comfortable. Mm. You don't, like, there you feel there are no consequences. Like, yeah, so I I just could I couldn't go through with it, but that would have been a whole another type of injustice part. But as far as like the not seeing any feeling like they were held to any type of um, consequences or they were above the law, it's it's true. I agree one hundred percent. Excuse me. Who was the other one? Oh, Lavina Lavina Johnson. She um, was the young lady that was in the in the military, um, mm-hmm. private private first class, Lavina Johnson, and just the way that, and it's this almost like this is this is what we say it is, then this is what it is, and how dare you, you know, say differently? Just the way right. that this baby, and I call her baby because. You know, she was young enough to be my child. This baby, the way that, like, so she raped herself. She poured some type of acid on her privates to try and cover up, you know, any evidence that was there. She shot herself with, I think they said it was an M16. I can't remember right now. I have it on my my, my page. But um, the gun, just the length of the gun was just the way that she was shot in the head and the exit wound and all of that. Like she did all of this stuff to herself because they ruled it a suicide. And that's their story and they're sticking to it. You know, no no type of justice at all. And this is, you know, her her father was in the military. Like they were proud that she had, had followed in her, her father's footsteps and join the military and just to have that and that's why I also mentioned I was trying to relate the story with me wanting to be a um, police officer because like this was something that she wanted to do she was proud of it you know and then just to have to know that you know you've sent your child somewhere where you feel like they're about to make a difference in the world you know like she has committed her life to serving her nation and she can't even get proper justice for how she really died, you know, it's just, she killed herself. And exactly. And I, I went to, 
I went to your page and it said that the um, army ruled Levina's death as a suicide. But an autopsy report and photographs revealed Johnson had a broken nose, black eye, loose teeth, burns from corrosive chemical on her genitalia, and a gunshot wound that seemed inconsistent with suicide. Right. Hmm? Right. But no, we said she killed herself. Now, mm-hmm. and that's just what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, you know, oh, go go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, we see, we see time and time again that even when, even when it's a case of, of um, quote unquote, they ruled it as a suicide. There's a lot of things that they leave out of their report. It's a lot of things, and, it, and, and and to me, it just goes back to the distrust, the level of distrust that we have with um, members of law enforcement. You know, it's just one of those things where you just you just feel like if you're done wrong, nothing will happen. You know, you can go and file a police report, and we know that a lot of these officers have had, you know, several reports, and nothing was ever done. And it's like, you know, it, it just seems like they're, they are operating above the law. And then you have members of this, this society that, uh, you know, are not affected by the way that, you know, we're treated. Say, you know, well, you know, they're just doing their job. You know, sometimes things happen. You know, that's the toughest job. You know, it's just real dismissive. And it's, it's, it's you know, thinking to myself, well, how nice is it to be able to make that statement because you don't have to deal with it. You don't have, that's not your experience. So of course you don't see anything wrong, you know, and, and God forbid you, you, you step back and relate to somebody else's experience because, you know, who would just waste their time making up these things about somebody? You know what I'm saying? It has to be some form of truth mm-hmm. to it. If they're good apples, they're bad apples. It's never, you know, it, to me, it's just really dismissive that for people to think that some police officers are bad. Some police officers are racist and they bring that to their job. You know, it's just it baffles me that people don't people don't see that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I want to want to just add um, to what you're saying in that regards. You know, it's like people absolutely have to see that and I think a lot of reason why they don't is because it doesn't apply to them in their life it is just you know as Lakeisha said it's a certain segment of people who feel in general they live above the law um Mm -hmm. the cops you know who think they live above the law and 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 I'll just you know I'll make I want to make this point too you know when people say oh no it's not racism and cops it's things that they have to deal with okay well just for instance take the just mercy everybody knows about just mercy because there was a movie made about it in alabama the um the black guy um was taken in arrested by the town sheriff um asked for killing a 18 year old white girl no proof 
at all. The only flaw he had was that he had an affair on his wife with a white woman, and they knew about it, and they didn't like it, so they took him in, put him on death, you know, put him in there with a death row inmate before he was even brought to trial. Then, you know, had convicted him, had him on death row. He eventually got off, of course, um, because of proof. But one thing, I'm always person who looks beyond even the story that we're, we're told. I researched the sheriff and the prosecutor who I feel in my team from the way this story was told, you know, really, it was just the hand of God who touched him to make him want to agree that he needed to be released, you know, because of the lack of proof. Um, the sheriff, during that time, this story took place, began back in the 80s, which, you know, for people who feel like racism died after Martin Luther King, you know, this is in the 80s, late 80s, because this proceeded into the 90s, okay? Um, he was the sheriff, had already been the sheriff since the 70s. Even after the whole situation with just Mercy, with the young, with the whole case and, you know, the reversal. He was elective sheriff in that town six more times. He literally just retired in 2019. So when you ask about how racism is spread through our law enforcement, you think about a sheriff who was sheriff in the 70s getting reelected every year from the 70s to 2019 when he retired. And how many law enforcement officers has he touched? Has he been over? Has he had to teach? Has he had to train? In that span mm-hmm. of 30 years. Mm-hmm. This year is 2020. Let's remind. Let's remember this. He retired in 2019. It's 2020. That's why in 2020 you still see racism situations like that. The situation with the couple, where the people were peacefully protesting, going through their gated community, and they come out in their doctors and in knickerbockers, as they say, with their pistol gun and assault rifle saying that they thought they were threatened, but nobody was on their lawn coming into their house and their attorney. Um, They're not even police officers, but it is emphatically against the law to brandish your weapon at people. That is against the law. That is breaking the law. And Mm -hmm. although... The, you know, the the law enforcement in the town said they're going to charge them. The governor of the state said he felt they should not be charged. Though this was against the law. They broke the law. He felt that they should not be charged. The couple has spoken to the president. <laughs> and he has sided with them. And the governor said if they are convicted, he will pardon their sentences. Hmm. Okay. So, from just from law to regular citizens, there is this I am above the law attitude that is perpetuated. And it is also supported. Because we know for ourselves there is no way 
even and let me back up even in the case with the the movie and the book just mercy and the situation that happened with with that case the district attorney remained the district attorney in that county even after he retired a judge appointed him a special counsel for cases for capital murder cases capital cases which to this day he's still on the board so you know when we when we speak about you know just going into these situations where you know we wonder you know why we're not getting a result and you time and time again see where you have not only law enforcement but you have the whole judicial process where you're keeping people with these type of racist mentalities and who do not care about social injustice for anybody outside of people who look like themselves. Um, For people who are just regular constituents who can go in and just come out their house and claim because you see somebody marching up a street had touched your lawn. It's threatening that you can just break the law and get away with it and even if you don't you get pardoned for it mm-hmm. that is the face of what we deal with when we say we have a different experience mm-hmm. I, I just want to I just want to um, say that there was a pertinent piece of uh, information or um, comment that was made that we need to look at as well and that is the military um, we talk about law enforcement we talk about you know um, other professionals let's talk about our government let's talk about the military for a minute let's talk about how they encourage our um, young 18 year old sometimes they get them before 18 and they promise you you know you can go to school for free you can travel the world but you I'm going to tell you what I know not from personal experience but I've I've heard it too many times and I, I have relatives who has been raped who has been um, attacked by their superiors in the military mm-hmm. and when they make a complaint you know what happens instead of addressing it and looking into it they are automatically transferred to another mm-hmm. to a, 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 another um another um site so mm-hmm. where is the justice for the women in the military mm-hmm. but see uh, uh, these are the things that they cover up so when i was listening to the story of the young lady who quote unquote committed suicide mm-hmm. I all I kept hearing in my mind was that was a gang rape that went wrong oh yeah that's all I kept hearing right like I said I know personally and I have interviewed female officers who have experienced mm-hmm. this my cousin she was experiencing this back in the 70s the 70s and the one person that came to her aid is the one that she actually married you know because he mm-hmm. he had vowed to protect her from these other officers from these other officers and, and and you know just 
men in the military. But these are the things that it go untalked about. People don't address them. You know, it's swept under the rug. And, and life goes on. It's a sick, sick world out there. And yes, we need to always pay attention to our, to our surroundings. But we have to do the research. Listen, I'm not going to a lunch date if I'm not comfortable with who I'm going out with. Okay? I'm mm-hmm. talking about men, women, boy, child. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. That's me. Okay? I, I, I have to be very careful. I know I can be very vocal. And, and, and nine times out of ten, that's not what they want. Because then they're trying to break you. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be very careful. And, and again, there's so many corrupt issues that are going on within our, within our United States. I don't know if they can be addressed or, or let alone settled in our lifetime. And that's sad. The only thing we can do, ladies, is continue to educate one another, continue to educate those around us. Okay? And, and, and sometimes, you know, you have the, the, uh, the resistant ones. Talk to them with love, and then you pray for them. Mm-hmm. And that's about all mm-hmm. you can do. Mm-hmm. And listen to you into and listen to your intuition. Absolutely. Trust your gut. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Gut. Mm-hmm. If it don't feel right, it's not. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. I you know, know they made a meme it. about. Um, somebody made a meme about um, black folks when you interview when you um, invite them over. Who all over there? Well, I'm one of them. I'm who all over there because right. see, if I don't know right. who, if I don't know who all over there, or I, if I don't have, if I don't know at least a couple of those people, and I, I know at least one of those somebody's, I know for certain it's gonna have my back. I'm not going. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I fell asleep or something. You know, mm-mm, mm-mm. because this world's crazy, and 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 your so-called best friend could be setting you up. You know. Um, yeah, absolutely, honey. Absolutely. No is a okay. complete sentence. No yes, is a complete is. sentence that deserves no explanation at all. I, and I'm being mm-hmm. honest. I just exercised that right yesterday because, like I said, I had my son graduated, had a party. Um, someone in the family asked, "Can someone of their friend come over?" Um, I don't know them. We're in the middle mm-hmm. of the pandemic, and this is in my home. No. And mm-hmm. they kind of stared, you know, a minute, like, explanation. No explanation. No. It's a complete sentence. And I mean it. Because I'm I very protective what I of said. my family. I said what I said. I'm protecting mm-hmm. for myself. I'm protecting and, and for my I'm, children. Protecting for my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like that, too. So when I grew up, it, I, didn't, I didn't stay at everybody's house. When I was growing up, my mom wasn't having it. Now I could stay in um, select. It had these very, very select um, family members, and of course my grandparents. But that was about it. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't a. You know, I'm. Um, you know, mama, I'm staying over at my friend's house. I'm. You know, this is Friday, and I'll. You know, come back Saturday. No, if if my mama and dad didn't know them, that wasn't happening. 
And um, mm-hmm. that made me, uh, when you said that, that made, when, uh, uh, I'm saying when, you, when y'all mentioned that, it made me think of the story, I don't know if y'all remember, about the, the lady that went to the sleepover, the black lady that went to the sleepover with all of the white women and ended up dead. I was, yes, mm-hmm. I was trying to wait for you to finish speaking so I could bring that up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do y'all remember that story? Because I yeah. mean, there has not, not been justice for her, and I'm trying to uh, remember her name. Um, and I think they're just now about to reopen it because they had ruled it um, either an accident or a suicide, one of the two. But mm-hmm. it was neither, of course and they her did. family of questioned, they right? Mm-hmm. So I think they're just about um, they're they're talking about reopening it or, or something. If you find the, the article, yeah, let, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was trying okay, to say. Okay, but ladies, can, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 ooh, I gotta say this why it's fresh on my mind. You, you see what I'm saying? You, you, you see what I'm saying? And that's why I said we have to be very careful about the situations and the places that we place ourselves. Okay, mm-hmm. it's just right. like it's just it, it, it goes back to you know you you the only black man that worked at the office. But all of a sudden, these people who've been, you know, cooning you and all it is, all of a sudden want to invite you on a hunting trip for the weekend. Really? Right. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I watched it. Um, you get there and find out. Like you that find on... out who's the game. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, you I saw something, something like, like that. that on... Did I did I, I watch something like that on um Unsolved Mysteries um on Netflix where mm. um I think they were in I don't wanna say say the wrong place, but I think they were in Kansas mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was like the only the only brother um that was hanging out with them and they his so called friends, quote unquote white friends, took him to this party that was like out in the middle of nowhere and they knew that that particular part of town was kind of like still um, a very racist part of town. But they took him anyway mm-hmm. and then ended up leaving him there mm. at the party. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, of course, the next day he was missing. And he was missing for a while. They wouldn't let the sheriff, wouldn't let them, the family search for him. Um, they said, you know, we're doing it. And then all of a sudden, when they finished their investigation, they said, okay, you can search for him. And, of course, they found him that day by a river but you know he didn't have any water in his lungs or anything like that it was just you know all suspicious so they're trying they're reopening that but also um to your point what you were saying um diane about you know people inviting you to places you know um we live out here in the country and you know we like it but i'm also very cautious because it's not too many people who look like us out here, right? It's, it's a right. few sprinkled here and there. But um, we were outside. You know, I used to let my boys go outside to play basketball by themselves. But now we go outside to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Good for you. I, I go right Good out there with you. them. But we were out there, and um, this boy walked up that I had never seen before. He was a teenager. And it was before uh, July 4th. And he was like, hey, he was like, um, y'all doing anything on the 4th? And I was just like, mm, not sure. You know, I didn't give him a direct answer. I'm not sure. Right. He was like, okay, well, we're having, we're having fireworks up here at such and such address. You know, y'all are welcome to come. 
And I said, oh, okay, thank you. I smiled. Oh, okay, thank you. Thank you. I let him walk off. I pulled my boys in the house. I said, listen, we won't be going nowhere. <clears throat> we won't be going nowhere. Please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it sounds mm-hmm. like, so they out there firing fireworks. It sounds like fireworks on the 4th of July. And, and it Come ends on up now. to really Come be on now. Mm-hmm. Come on I got. Now. I have three, <laughs> three men that mm-hmm. I'm raising. Mm-hmm. One already mm-hmm. grown and gone, you know. But I had no. Mm-hmm. I got more sense than that. And the sad That's part about it, you know, you hate to see the look of disappointment in their face, you know, but they don't understand. And it's our mm-hmm. job to protect them. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and as they get older and things begin to happen, and then you say to them, now do you understand why I didn't let you go to right. that, you know, fireworks display? Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. You, I mean, you hate to see it, but it mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. protect your young. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Yes. And you have to embed that in them. You know, my, my daughter, she's the oldest. Um, she's the first one that went off to college. And my thing with her was, is like, like um, Lakeisha mentioned, you know, if it doesn't feel right, go with your gut. Don't mm-hmm. don't try to rationalize it in your head to make somebody else feel mm-hmm. good. Don't try to mm-hmm. rationalize it in your head to, so that you can feel popular. People won't dislike you. If you don't like it, leave. If it don't feel mm-hmm. right, leave. If it mm-hmm. doesn't feel in your spirit to go, don't go. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to agree. No one's a complete sentence. You don't mm-hmm. have to agree with anybody. Uh, you know, don't let nobody convince you that it's going to be all right. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you are responsible for your life. And you could be in a life or death situation. And I was so proud of her because she says, and I, I encourage her, you know, that she's shy. She's on the shy side. But I do encourage her, you know, to be social, you know, and stuff. But but I also am very confident to tell her, okay, you can put limits on it. And you put limits on people. Because mm-hmm. there are too many instances of girls going missing or something happening, mm-hmm. and then we don't, they're not being able to find out what happened, you know. So, no, you know, trust your gut. I said, God blessed women with one thing, and that is gut instinct. Go with God always in that gut instinct. Mm-hmm. And she says, okay, she calls me. She says, Mom, me and some of my roommates are going over to party, and you know, I just wanted to call you and let you know. A, I was glad because she called me and let me know. So I already knew if something popped off, she was going to party on campus. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't in her dorm room. So we got a trace of a phone call and I know what she said, okay? So now she goes, and it couldn't have been 45 minutes later. She calls me and she calls me because she's walking back. It's dark to her dorm I said um what's going on and she says I left I said why she said well they she said some stuff was going on and I didn't care for it she was like and they were smoking weed and I didn't like that and I don't want to smell it and I was and I don't participate with stuff like that so I left and I'm walking back to my dorm now I said well stay on the phone with me so you get in your room and we talked and when she got there I said I'm proud of you because you did not stay where you weren't comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. You did not mm-hmm. participate in something, you know. And she said, yeah, they were like, well, let's just go. She, even when they, they went to a hookah lounge, they were inviting her to go. She said, no, I, I got to study. She said, I didn't have anything to study. I just wasn't about to go to the hookah lounge. Mm-hmm. 
that mm-hmm. with them. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I mm-hmm. just you know I applaud her, and I'm so happy that all of that reinforcement is instilled in her that she's like, no, I'm aware of my surroundings. I'm aware of what you all are doing. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to engage. I'm just going to leave. And she keeps that mentality. If it does not feel good, if it does not sound right, feel right, she is not about to be a part. She is not about to be engaged. She is not about to participate. And we have to preach that to our children, especially our young girls, you know, um, because with the instance of the young lady who was drunk and she was being found, you know, she was in the freezer. And so many other countless incidents of young women, just things happening, suspicious things. And it's just discarded, open and closed. You know, like it was nothing. We get that when things, when we know what happened. It's definitely going to be that with these situations we don't know what actually happened. It's going to be swept up, up, up under the rug. So we have to be very cognizant to protect ourselves, our lives, our mentality, you know, who we are, just to be able to live. And that's a given, but it's sad because we also, it's also worth saying this because we know that our lives aren't appreciated. Mhm. Absolutely. That's absolutely. True. Absolutely. Yep. Mhm. And I think I think um I think we've had a really really awesome second half. I think this is a conversation that um we as black women need to instill not only into our children but also within our community. Um the self awareness piece, the the um, making sure that you're protected. All of those things play play a role in our survival you know because we, we already know you know we, we're behind enemy lines and the only people that are going to protect us is us you know it's, it's, it's hard to say that but it's true you know we would like to think that it's liberty and justice for all and that flag represents every single body here and everybody will get you know treated the same but we know that that's not the case and uh I wanted to uh, take a moment here and, and um, let Miss Diane uh, introduce her book um, for for today's topic. Thank you so much. Um, it and it ties right into today's topic, um, and it is a very um, controversial book. Um, it's one that has been adapted into teen version. Um, because not only do we as parents need to know about um, our teenagers being lured into sex trafficking, they need to know also. Um, and I'm talking about none other than anybody's daughter, um, anybody's daughter by Pamela Samuels Young. Now, if you are not familiar with the author, she was a corporate attorney for, I think, about 20-something years. Um, but she decided to start writing about legal thrillers based on some of the things that she saw. That I, don't quote me. I believe she was working at, like, Ford or something like that. But I know in this car dealership, um, she was uh, in the legal department. And so she wanted to talk about some of the things that she saw. And then... Um, 
as she started reading the headlines more and more and started seeing about uh, the uh, you know young girls missing and um, she decided to write anybody's daughter I'm just gonna briefly give you the synopsis is anybody's daughter ever safe 13 year old Brianna Walker is thrilled she's about to sneak off to her first real boyfriend but Brianna is in for a horrifying surprise because the boy she met on Instagram on Instagram doesn't exist. Instead, Brianna is hurled into a shocking world most people know nothing about. Brianna's Uncle Dre is not content to wait on police to bring his niece home. He searches the streets of Los Angeles determined to end this nightmare. But will he find Brianna before it's too late? This is a book that I highly recommend to all parents, especially mothers. This young girl was lured from um, Instagram. You don't know that there are young ladies who are sent to befriend you just so that you they can pull you into their world. You, you know, um, these contests, be leery, very, very leery of your children winning any type of contest uh, affiliated with male rappers or just artists in general. Um, be very leery of those who are they are modeling contracts. Of course, you know, we know about that, but again, the tickets to concerts. Um, something as simple as an athletic event. If you don't know who your child is going with, they are not allowed to go because it may be the very last time that you see them. So please go and check out Anybody's Daughter by Pamela Samuels Young. Thank you so much for that, Diane. Um, to all the listeners out there, we, we try to always segue at the end of our at the end of our topic um, a book that you all can can go out and, and, and read and you know really really it'll tie in our discussion um, it'll tie everything in so we really do uh, hope that you all go out and purchase that book. Um, this is for all the readers out there, or even if you're not a reader. If you want to learn more um, about what we what we were discussing today, that book is a really good good option for you. Miss um, Diane, will you let everyone know how they can reach you on social media? Absolutely. Um, I am Diane Rember. You can, and I am the owner and creator of Diamonds Literary World. You can find me across the board: Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Snapchat diamondsliteraryworld.com as well as Facebook under Diamonds Literary World. Awesome. And Lakeisha, how can everybody get in contact with you on social media? Yes. um, On social media, I can be reached um, on Instagram and Twitter um, under Two Clicks for Justice. Um, That's to the number I'm sorry the word to T-W-O clicks for justice and that's on Instagram and Twitter 
awesome and our wonderful creator and founder of the socially conscious corner untamed how can they reach you on social media sure i can be found on all platforms um on social media twitter instagram facebook and youtube under author untamed so you may locate me there um and also just want to insert this really quick i want to just say um um, it would have been July 20th Ayanna Jones I want to wish her a happy heavenly birthday she was the 7 year old baby that was killed um, by when she was sleeping by a police officer who was essentially acquitted of those charges her and my son our birthdays are almost very close uh, in the same in the same time frame, and she would have been graduating from high school this year had she remained living. So her birthday was July twentieth, and I just wanted to wish her a happy heavenly birthday. Awesome! Yes, yes, indeed, happily heavenly birthday to her. My heart goes out to her family, um, especially during times like this when there's those you know those special occasions in, in a child's life as they grow up. I know that um, this is particularly a hard one for them. So, yes, definitely want to keep them in our thoughts and prayers. Um, I am your host, Kay Roche. I can be reached at, um, at Kay Roche on Instagram. Um, ladies, it's been an absolute pleasure this evening. I have really, yes, really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and it's, it's something that we need. It's, it's, it's therapy for me because... You know, when you're when you're working in different places and you're around different people, it's hard for you to express how you feel without that consequence of, you know, people not understanding. So I appreciate you ladies. Um yeah, and absolutely gonna, Yes, and that's gonna wrap us up for this evening with the socially conscious corner. Um, we hope you all enjoyed the show and be on the lookout for us. Um we have more topics, more things to discuss. So just keep an eye out for our for our post on there and we thank you all. Enjoy your night. Night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Bye later. Justice, no peace, no peace, no peace, no peace.